I am glad to be with you once again on this summer morning and I hope you are enjoying the weather. It's been beautiful the other day. Um, we, the other morning we went to um, a place called Paradise Cove over by Guffey, Colorado. And just for the morning we uh, took the hike and went up the side of the mountain and along with a lot of other kids 30 years younger than me, we jumped off the cliff there into the water and it was a lot of fun. It was a little bit scary, but it was a lot of fun. Maybe I'll show you a clip. I don't know if I have it or not. But my point is that when we went there, I felt uh, like I had had a, a respite from the, the world around me. And then I come back into the real world and see people with their uh, masks on. And, and, and I was thinking that um, it's hard to keep our perspective, isn't it? When um, we face so many trials around us. It's hard to keep the mind of Christ um, because the voices we listen to lead us to defeat. Um, but our declaration of who God is will lead us to victory. Did you hear me? I said that your declaration of must be stronger than the voices that you listen to, including but not limited to listening to your own voices, the culture, the news, the media, and even the circumstances that you are living in, you will, uh, these voices will lead you to defeat every time unless you have a declaration on your lips and in your heart of who God is. That is so important in the days we live in that we keep our worship um, our worship, our attention, our, uh, our, our adoration, our focus, where it belongs, and that's on God. Another way that we could say this is that everybody worships. We all worship something. Sometimes we direct our adoration the wrong way. Instead of giving our worship to God, we let it get, get hijacked by you name it. And when we do this, we feel unfulfilled because these other things that steal us away, pull us away, um, don't bring um, the, the void to our heart that we need that only comes from being in uh, connection and worship with our God. Does that make sense? David uh, is a great example of a time when his circumstances all led to um, worshiping uh, fear, uh, worry. People were out to kill him. He was hiding in caves. And this is how he puts it in Psalm 139.5 in the voice translation. You have surrounded me, enemy. I am afraid and I can't do this. I'm, I will, I, I'm surely going to die. No, he says, you have surrounded me on every side, talking to the Lord, behind me and before me. You go, uh, you go before me. You, you prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies, he says in another place. You, and here he says, you have placed your hand gently on my shoulder. He didn't let his circumstance direct his worship. He let God, he let who God is direct his worship. 
I want to ask you a question today. Where do you direct your worship? Where have you been directing it today? Where have you been directing it yesterday? How has your week been going? Where have you given your worship? We, we were reminded last week that we need to um, recount who God is. We need to recite what he has said and we need to recall what he has done in our lives. These things are not easy to do at all. In fact, it is a battle every single day to put God in his rightful place in our lives. Am I right? Am I right? I want to call the second message in the Surrounded series. Last week we were, it was called Outnumbered. This week I want to call it Outworshipped. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we come before you in the powerful name of Jesus and we say thank you. We say thank you. We choose to position our hearts in and posture of thanksgiving for all of the things you've done for us. We recall them, we recite what you have said to us. We thank you that we are your children. And right now we give you place. I pray that you would cause us to um, put other distractions, distractions aside and let us give our attention to you. We give you place in our lives and we ask that we keep our worship focused on you in Jesus name. I find that if I keep my eyes focused on who God is, then my worship is in its right place. But as soon as I lose sight of who God is, my worship is out of sight, out of whack, out of line, out of, uh, it's mixed up. I, I'm pulled other directions. I need to keep my focus on who God is. Just the other day, um, I found myself doing this. I was reading about the predictions and the projections in the news. I didn't have a traditional newspaper, but I was reading online and I felt uh, my peace and my joy being hijacked, being stolen away from me minute by minute that I spent reading. And um, I stopped right there and I realized I was letting something else cause me to outworship the only one worth worshiping. You know what I'm saying? We have to be very mindful, don't we, in these days that, that we keep God in his rightful place on the throne of our hearts. When we do this, fear is erased, worry is minimized, and peace is established and reigns in our thoughts. That's what we need. So what I did then was ripped up the newspaper. No, I didn't have a traditional newspaper, so I just closed out that site because I realized I was looking for good news and you, you can't find good news just on any news service. The gospel is where we go for that. In fact, the word gospel, right, means good news. So I immediately closed the page and I directed my worship back on God as he took his rightful place right back on the throne of my heart, just like I have to do sometimes many, many times during the day, right where he belongs in my life. You know, we read 
in the Old Testament all the time about how people took their eyes off of God, took their worship off of God, and they put it on other places. If you did a flyover of the whole Old Testament, you would see that pretty much that's what the whole Old Testament is about, how people took their eyes off of God and then put them back on God, put them right back in his rightful place in their lives. All of the um, heroes of the Bible did this. Um, the Israelites um, worshipped idols for a time. Moses and Jonah worshipped comfort for a time. Noah and Abraham worshipped stability. And then, of course, Gideon, who we've talked about before, was often or sometimes or at least a couple of times distracted by other things and took his worship off of God. You remember the story that we talked about last week. He had like 40,000 he had like 40,000 troops. And um, then God thinned his, his uh, army down to 300 against the Midianites who had more camels than the sands on the seashore, which means that they had a lot more even men uh, fighting soldiers than that. And Gideon, I can imagine, was so discouraged. Um, God had thinned out his army and um, it's, often, it's like us when we think we have um, everything under control and then something uh, changes, something is canceled, something is postponed in our life and our finances are thinned out and this is changed and whatever. This is where Gideon was. His circumstances were saying, I had everything figured out and now I have to only rely on God, go figure. I think that's a good place for us to be. And it took everything inside of Gideon to trust God. Judges chapter 7, verse 9 in the New King James Version says this. It happened on the same night that the Lord said to him. It happened right after he told him, with 300 men, I will help you save the Midianites, that he said, now go and do it, get it done, get her done, for I have delivered them into your hand. But he looked at Gideon and he knew that Gideon wasn't ready to do it. So he said, so Gideon, verse 10, if you are afraid to go down, why don't you sneak down into their camp and listen to what they're saying about us? And so that's exactly what Gideon did. He got one of his servants, he went down into the enemy's camp, he was listening and sure enough he heard them talking about how they were convinced that they were going to be defeated by Gideon and his army. And Gideon couldn't believe his ears and he came back and he was like, wow, I can imagine um, how it must have made Gideon feel. And I was thinking, I wish that we could go down into the enemy's camp and hear what they're saying uh, about us or hear what they're saying about our God. You know where I'm going with this, don't you? This, get, this is a great moment just to take a break. We'll come back and we'll continue this message about being surrounded by God and causing, making sure that we don't let anything else cause us to out-worship the one true God. Have heard the report of the enemy's camp. We know what they're saying about us and it is very encouraging. Fundamentals 101 in winning battles. Let me go through them. Number one, uh, we know your enemy is afraid of you 
and of your God. Number one, know your enemy is afraid of God. He's afraid of God and he's afraid of you. There's a hundred scriptures on this. Let me just share a few of them um, to reveal that your enemy is afraid of God and you and why you should never let anything else out worship God because he's in control. 1 John 4, 4 says, you are of God, little children, and have overcome because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. 1 John 3, 8, the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. That's why he came. John 12, 31, now is the judgment of the world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. He says now, he doesn't say later, he says now he will be cast out. And one more I will read, not to mention many more in the book of Revelation where it talks about the end for the devil. It says in Matthew 25, 41, depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Imagine how courageously our lives would be lived if we believed this, if we actually believed that God is firmly on the throne in our lives and we believe the enemy is afraid of God and he's afraid of us. Nothing would trick us into uh, directing our worship anywhere but God if we know that how, how uh, sincerely and truthfully God has won the victory in our lives. Let me take it a step further. Do you know that the devil um, knows that his days are numbered? When he whispers to you or when he uses someone else to uh, speak words of discouragement to you, he is acting out of desperation, his last ditch effort to try to get you off track because he knows that you have the victory. He knows how powerful you are in Christ and he's afraid you're going to figure it out. He's afraid you will discover who you really are in Christ Jesus or worse, He's afraid you're really going to figure out who God is. Then he's really sunk. Fundamentals to win the battle 101. Number one, your enemy is afraid of you and he's afraid of God. After Gideon discovers this, this intel that the enemy is afraid, um, that they know that they're going to be Defeated, he does something very important. Look at chapter uh, 7 that we're looking at in verses 15 through 17. It says, So it was when Gideon heard the telling of the dream, the interpretation, and them talking how, how afraid they were, that he worshipped. Everybody say worshipped or put it in your, in your comments down below. He worshipped. And then he returned to the camp and said, let's go, let's do this, let's get these guys. And then he went into all of the strategy that God gave him. Fundamentals to win the battle. Number one, know the enemy is afraid of you and of God. Number two, know your strength and your strategy are revealed through 
worship with God. It's always through times with God that you find your strength, you find your strategy to do what you need to do. When you feel like um, you don't know what to do next, when you feel like you're too tired to do it, it's probably because you haven't stopped and worshiped like Gideon did in verse 15. It says, he worshiped. Be it unexpected, be it planned out, he stopped and he worshiped. I don't know whether he was on a paddleboard or whether he was in, an, in his easy chair, whether he had his journal out, whether he had his coffee with him or not, but we know he bowed his knee and talked to God. And out of that moment with God, he took away two things. He took away the strength that he didn't have before, and he took away a strategy to win the battle. Verses 16 through 18, talk about the strategy and let me tell you what he did he went and got his men he said okay i've worshiped i've talked to the lord and this is what we're going to do they all went up that not not many 300 men against this giant group of midianites that were uh, had camels as many as the sands on the seashore i wanted to remind you how many people he was fighting against and god gave him this brilliant strategy he said Everybody grab a trumpet, everybody grab a torch, put a jar over the torch so that they can't see it. Surround their camp, sneak in, surround their camp, do it by surprise, and then blow your trumpets all together, and then break the jars and hold up your torches and say this battle is for God and for Gideon notice he didn't say for Gideon and then for God he says make sure that you shout that this is for God and then for Gideon and I surmise that the people down below when they woke up they heard the trumpets they heard the shouting they saw all the flames and they assumed that if there's that many people just carrying torches and just just blowing trumpets and just shouting and worshiping that there must be many many more soldiers behind them ready to destroy them and guess what happened next verse i believe it's in verse 22 they began to turn on each other and they killed each other and they won the battle fundamentals to win the battle number one know your enemy is afraid of God number two know your strength and your strategy are revealed through worship and number three know your battle is fought by God it's not by you it's fought by God God fought the battle for them as we close today can I tell you something remind you of something very simple this is a simple message it's not complicated it's not rocket science god uh spells it out for us <coughs> spells it out for us very clearly don't let anything distract you from giving your worship anywhere else but to god don't let anything distract you. Don't let anything hijack your worship away from giving it to God. Don't let anything cause you to out-worship the one true God, the only one that can bring you victory in your life. Whenever anything else, listen, whenever anything else sits on the throne of your heart, whenever anything else sits on the throne of your heart, be it, be it a habit, 
that you have that you can't break, be it, be it an addiction, be it an attitude that you have, um, when it sits on the throne of your heart and causes you to out-worship God, your worship, um, your life will be mixed up. Whenever fear is in, in the wrongful place in your life where it takes the place of putting God on the throne of your heart, your life will be mixed up because your worship is in the wrong place. When everything, when your direction of your thoughts is only about things like the virus and uh, what else is going on in our country, the unrest, whenever it is taken, uh, whenever it steals away your attention from your worship to God, things will be a little bit mixed up. Because and when anything else sits on the throne of your heart, your worship will be skewed and you won't feel, you won't be fulfilled. As a result, this is what happens when we uh, let other things cause us to out-worship God. You give too much power to your enemy. Because remember, remember, he's afraid of us. He's afraid of God. You're, you're giving, you'll give too much authority and power to the enemy. And what else will happen? The source of your strength will run dry and you, and you won't have strength to do the things you need to do. Another side effect of causing something else to out-worship God is that your strategy to win your battle will not be there. You won't know how to win. You will only see defeat. And then lastly, a side effect of uh, causing other things to out-worship God, you will um, ultimately, because your strength is gone and you have no strategy and you are afraid, you will try to do it yourself. And we all know Fundamentals 101, number three, that we said the battle belongs to the Lord. The battle is the Lord's. He takes care of it. He fights our battles for us. Don't try to do it yourself. Would you close your eyes with me and um, let's talk to the Lord today. Lord, we thank you for this time. We thank you that you have been with us all through. And I pray that if there be anyone that needs to realign themselves with the right ally this morning that they would take the time to do that and I'm going to just encourage you right now I don't know where you're watching from I don't know uh, what your background is but maybe you've never aligned yourself with the right ally and the right ally is the king is the Lord is the one true God is Jesus Jesus wants to be the Lord of your life when Jesus is the Lord of your life peace reigns not fear Joy reigns, not worry. Love reigns, not anger. I encourage you to put Jesus on the throne. And if you're if you're watching and you've done this before, sometimes it, it requires us uh, realigning ourselves with who Jesus is and saying, I know I have uh, not been putting you where you belong in my life. Today, I put you right back in that place in my life. If you are doing that today, if you are making um, a new commitment, uh, 
then I'm so happy. If this is your first time making this commitment, we'd love to help you. Later, it's gonna tell you where to text. Um, we can send you some resources, but um, we need to make sure that we align ourselves with the right ally. Also, who here is listening needs to rest in the fact that the battle is not yours to win. Anyone trying to do it on your own? I know that there are some because I do this all the time. I think, oh, I can do this. I don't even sometimes realize I'm trying to do it on my own. Remind yourself the battle is not yours to fight. Rest in God's strength, his strategy, in fact, and and his power. He will, he will um, take you each step of the way. I also wanted to ask uh, this question. Who needs to come to grips with the fact that your enemy is afraid of God? Who needs to come to grips with the fact that your enemy is afraid of you? That is a huge um, bit of intel to know the enemy is afraid of you. Have you been giving him too much authority in your life? If you have, take the time right now, and I will say right now, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we take authority over every enemy, over every fear, over every um, tactic that the enemy tries in our lives. Lord, we know that we have the victory in you. We know that we have all authority and it's been uh, given to you and you uh, you let us take that authority as well and use it in your name. And so Lord, we pray that the enemy would not have any hold over anyone listening, that they would come to grips with the fact that um, that the enemy is afraid of them. And we thank you and we don't rejoice in that fact. We rejoice in the fact that we are, uh, our names are written in the book of life, but we are so thankful that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. I would say this to you, here's your challenge. If you have given the enemy too much authority in your life, in the spirit, stop it, stop it now. Uh, stop the fear, stop the anxiety, stop the doubt. I don't know what your reasons are, for all of these things but they're 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 not they're not characteristic of a person who puts God on the throne of their hearts stop the fear stop the anxiety stop the doubt stop the hopeless thoughts and defeated talk and give the authority and worship back to Jesus did you hear me the the the, the spirit would tell you today stop the hopeless thoughts and the defeated talk and give the authority and worship back to Jesus. Nothing should cause you to out-worship the only one who deserves your glory. Amen. Have a blessed day. We love you. God loves you. We will get through this because God is on our side and we have the victory. Don't speak defeat, speak life, speak victory. The fundamentals to win your battle. Your enemy is afraid of you, he is afraid of God. Your strength and strategy are revealed through worship. Make sure to do that a lot and uh, often. And in fact, don't ever stop. When you, as, as, as much as you breathe, um, ask the Lord for strength, pray, talk to him. Jesus, I need you today, I need you. And then lastly, know your battle is fought by God and you will see your victory. God bless you, have a blessed day.